Welcome to the Personal Best Podcast powered by Jets Australia. My name is Bart. This is Jacob Kettle. Good morning, Bart. How are you? I'm okay. And in front of me is uh, Michaela. Hello. Good to have you here, team. Oh, great to be here. Do you? So you do have a doppelganger, is that right? No, I, I'm yet to find my doppelganger. I've Interesting. Just, uh like to tell people I'm people that I'm not so what about you Mick is there a celebrity doppelganger for you I don't think so so when I was younger I had Robert Pattinson I I look I know I look a lot it was when he was in Harry Potter and it was when I didn't have this nasty patch on my face so I looked a bit different but I took it as a compliment Mm, you'd have to stay out of the sun for a while to get that yeah he was very pale very pale for that now team yeah do you feel confident man I'm always confident that was such confidence a great Exteriorly, you know, maybe I'm crumbling on the inside, you don't know, but I'm portraying confidence. Wow, Jacob's just dead on the inside, but on the outside he's all flowers and rainbows. Yeah, man, I'm ready to go. Well, yeah. are you feeling smoothie confident in particular? Oh, look, I'm pretty confident. I've, I actually had some worries, worries today going... No one's actually ever tried this smoothie before. Maybe it's wow. something I like and no one else likes. Oh, oh. see, mine's been taste tested yeah, before. Yeah, mine hasn't so been. I'm confident. No, it is mine. And I'm a bit scared about mine because I'm taking a big risk with, with oh what I'm putting goodness. in my smoothie. What are you doing? I will all be revealed. And in fact, oh. for, for all those who have no idea what we're talking about, last week on the show I challenged these guys to a smoothie taste test. And the, the winner will become the official smoothie of the podcast and the smoothie champion for 2023. Woohoo. And we'll share the smoothie with you guys, obviously. But we're going to drop uh, this in a separate episode next week. So if you want to know what happened with the smoothies, who won, who is the, the, the champion of 2023, listen to that episode or watch <laughs> that episode. Cool. What do we got in store today, Bart? Now we have a lot. All right. I've got a lot to get through. My, my cogs have been turning this week. And I just want to start with a little bit of an unfounded speculation. <coughs> okay, right. I, th- they're my favourite type of speculations because I don't want any evidence backed. I just want to go vibe-based and vibe-based only. <laughs> I don't have to back it up. I can just <laughs> say how I'm feeling. So right. go ahead. I'll, br- I'll bring up the vibe so you yep. believe it, right? So every day for the past four weeks, I have been eating four eggs. And here is what I'm noticing in my body. Number one. My muscles are more defined. I haven't changed anything else. My calories are the same. My training is around, around about the same. So my muscles are more defined. Either I'm, I'm leaning out or I'm gaining muscle, but my weight hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. All right. I am recovering like an absolute boss and I am feeling incredible. So I don't know whether it's, whether it's the increase in calories or the magic of the eggs that's making me feel this way. Yeah. And I- that's that's beautiful, but <laughs> that's beautiful to hear. How we, the vibes. I, have, I have been seeing you walk around with a tub of four eggs. Yeah. Now, is this feeling that you're getting from this worth being titled now Egg Boy around town? <laughs> <laughs> is that worth I, it? I certainly hope not. I hope that doesn't stick. Oh, it's going around. I've heard it on the on the path on although, the grapevine that Egg Boy's coming. Well, I know you guys have ridiculed me incredibly, but, but I've been doing. No, bit I, I respect it, but I will still ridicule you a little bit. <laughs> Thanks, I just, just, just a tad. Hey, you can't have too much judgment. You're the one with eggs I in your That's smoothies. why I love eggs, uh, but like just egg. I like calling someone egg boy. So, <laughs> he, so here's what I think is happening, right? Okay, yep. And I've done a bit of research. And if we look back into like the golden years of bodybuilding, before the internet, before fitness research was abundant, they swore by eating a hell of a lot of eggs and a hell of a lot of steak. And they thought it was because of 
the cholesterol, all right? And so here's what I think is happening in my body. Okay. Dietary cholesterol, we now know, doesn't really impact the HDL, LDL, bad cholesterol ratio because the body has this beautiful counterbalance system. If we, ha- if we take in dietary cholesterol, it'll balance it off in the body. But cholesterol is the basis of a number of hormones, mm-hmm. of steroid hormones, progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone. Okay. So I haven't done my bloods, so I don't know whether or not my testosterone is increased, increased but that would be what's happening here, a more balanced hormone profile. Or I was just deficient in fats and now I'm getting a lot more fat and now I'm feeling a lot better, which probably could be the answer to it. Could be. Are you are you adding these egg, are you replacing these eggs with anything or is it just a, an extra meal that you're doing? I've replaced them. So I used to have previously a, a, some yogurt and some berries. Yeah. And so about the same protein um, amount, mm-hmm. but now – and about the same calorie amount, but now the calories are coming from fats rather than the carbohydrates of the berries and a little okay. bit of honey I put in the yogurt. It's an amazing experiment. And I think it's a uh, – if you have a look at egg, egg research, just like grain. As you have been, because we did a grain and seed <laughs> episode. This is going to be Now the this egg. is the egg episode. Uh, there's going to be 15 more minutes of egg coming up. No, go it's, ahead. It's big egg news, all right? Yep. And, 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 and now Bart, we know Bart's working for big egg. <laughs> <laughs> I am apparently in the, in the States at the moment. There's a big egg shortage because of the oh like my goodness. train derailment. Really? I heard avian flu. Really? No, oh, that's probably what big media is trying to tell you. So the Ohio uh, Ohio railway derailment, big right. thing. Did you hear about this? I did. did. Have you heard oil. about this? Um, oh no! Well, a very big contaminants contaminated a lot of Ohio and right. all the the um, livestock are now infertile. Eggs, chickens aren't laying eggs. All this weird stuff is happening. Wow. I don't know how much that's contributing to the overall egg production, mm-hmm. but could be have something to do with it. So I, I know how your your brain Go works. Ahead. Are you just thinking? It's big, it's, it's big, it's, it's cover big. Up. What's it's covering up? covering up? Why, why do they orchestrate yeah. this? But <laughs> d- don't fear eggs is, no. is what, is what I'm, I'm, I'm getting about. No, and like back in like when, when fat was demonised back in the 90s, you know, low-fat diet, Atkins, the rise of margarine and the rise of low-fat but seemingly high-sugar foods, eggs were very demonised because there was a few studies that came out and said it, it, it hurts your cholesterol. There have, been, have now been recent studies and a few apologies to say that the whole egg is actually quite healthy for you. To, to the chickens or to the egg community? Uh, I'd say a bit to both. Okay. <laughs> and so eat, eat your whole egg. Okay, oh good. Is there a time of day that you should recommend egg eating or any time of the day? I'm an any time of the day kind of guy. I yeah. love breakfast for dinner. Brec- yeah, Brenna. Same. We did that this week. We had, <laughs> we had scrambled eggs on toast on Tuesday night because cooking just seemed too hard. And fair enough. Yeah. But eggs... Okay. I said again, to- totally unfounded. Not encouraging you to go out there and eat a ton of eggs, but yeah. I, w- I would. I might actually try it. I'll get a few going, but I would recommend if you're in a new workplace or school, whatever have you, maybe don't start with four eggs and get be called egg boy straight away. <laughs> Build a rapport, then you can start get the respect around town. Say personal Bart sent you. Sage advice from Jacob. <laughs> as always. Oh my god. <laughs> I've also been taking a deep dive in my, the microbiome. Okay, and Jacob, I know you know, and you know a lot about this. Topic. Oh, look, they call me Mister Microbiome. That's great, right. egg boy, Mister <laughs> Mi- <laughs> Microbiome. We've all got new nicknames. This that's, week. that's totally. Yeah, awful. what's happening in the microbiome world? Oh, a lot. So, we, I suppose where we're at at the moment is there's still a lot that we don't know about the microbiome. And for those who don't know what the microbiome is, there's 
your your there are more bacteria cells in your body than human cells. These bugs are all over your body. They're on your skin. They're in your eyebrows, and they're in your stomach. That that factoid would have wowed me more than last week's one. <laughs> I, also, I also got that factoid Save. wrong. Yeah, you did, but <laughs> that's all right. It was Save. more brilliant. Stay mate. And so uh, there's been a recent study and another study that's really piqued my interest. I'm going to give you the title of the study, although I think it's a bit alarmist considering the, st- the state of the study. All okay. right. <clears throat> the study is called Healthy Microbiome Necessary for Muscle Growth After Exercise. So a bit clickbaity, right? Very. That's exactly why I read it. And so to, to sum up here, it was a, an analysis of a number of studies. Various studies have suggested that the gut microbiome have a role in regulating muscle mass and function. A new study in mice, so grain of salt, all right? anything we do on mice, although they, you can, there could be a correlation between the human genetics and mice genetics and the mice mm. makeup, always take it with a grain of salt. A new study in mice uh, indicates that an unhealthy or disrupted gut microbiome could impair muscle growth. And the way that they did this study is they had half a group of mice. Mice, not, not mouse. Mice. My. <laughs> oh, wow. And so they had half a group of mice and they just eradicated their microbiome with antibiotics. Okay. And the, the other group, I think they gave a probiotic. And they found that the mice that took the probiotic um, grew more muscle. And so I think there's a number of things wrong here. The fact that you eradicated the entire microbiome could be why that group didn't, um, didn't grow as much muscle. But there is a, we know there's a connection because the bugs in your gut create a lot of substances in your body that your body needs, such as neurotransmitters. And so if our, our gut microbiome is off or it's um, not as diverse as it could be, we could be sort of fighting an uphill battle for all the stuff that we're doing in the gym and with our nutrition. And so the, what we know for now, and we, we don't know specifics, and the, the science is slowly getting there. Once we understand the specifics, you know, there could be certain probiotics that, that help you build muscle. There yeah. could be certain probiotics that help you lose weight. And so what we know now is that a diverse microbiome, so there's heaps of different types of, of bugs in your gut, and it, um, what, um, what sort of indicates their diversity is your, your diet, and your lifestyle. So if you eat all, if you just eat one food, the bugs that love that food will overgrow the other types of bugs in your stomach. And those, those bugs that aren't getting enough food will, will lie dormant. Then all of a sudden, if you diversify your diet, fix up your health a little bit, the diversity comes back, your gut thanks you for it. And so a diverse gut is important. We're not at the point where we know this type of, of, um, of microbe is the stuff that helps you lose weight. We're not quite there no. yet. So it makes sense that it could affect your, your muscle mass. So I suppose the, the, the overarching theory here is if you're trying to gain muscle mm-hmm. and lose weight, it's important to think about your gut health. And you, you can really tick that box if you just stick to whole foods, yeah. keep it diverse, you know, super simple as that. And then my mind went somewhere else in terms of microbiome. Okay, my mind's gone places as well. <laughs> Bugs, mice... <laughs> Why do we do studies on mice, just mice? Is it because we're intrinsically um, closer genetically to mice or we care less about mice as a, as we just a conglomerate? Mice. So people don't care when they're like, oh, they did studies. Because if we did like, they say that pigs are very close like yes. brain-wise to humans. Uh-huh. But if we said we're doing uh, studies on pigs, they'd be like, there'd be people being like, don't do that to pigs. But if it's mice, we're like... 
Well, you're not wrong. I think there's a, there's a big ethics conversation here, but I think the, the the thing with mice is that you can you can make heaps of them. Like they breed like yeah. like nothing yeah. else. Um, and of course, there's a big ethics thing out there. So, um, so way, what, way to hit the third rail? So yeah, <laughs> what would you say? How do you how do you start with a, like getting good gut health? Um, it, it, the basics, you know, make sure you're getting enough vegetables. Make sure you're getting enough fiber. Fiber is a big, um, uh, a big promoter of, of healthy, um, of a healthy gut because mm-hmm. the bugs in your gut eat the fiber, and so if you're not eating the fiber, you could be missing certain, um, a certain diversity in your gut. So a lot of like processed foods, not going to help. Correct, and in fact, some processed foods and, and foods that are typically quote unquote bad could actually do the opposite and disrupt your microbiome diversity. Mm-hmm. All right, so there's. Um, but you know, whole foods. Make sure you're having a variety. You know, you've probably heard the um, the notion of make sure you get a lot of colours in your diet. If you look at your diet mm. and you're just eating brown and yellow foods, it could be a, a reason for you to start to eat green foods or, yep. or, or red foods. Yeah, and we know these colours have certain nutrients in them. Definitely. And the one thing I was recommended from a dietitian was um, yogurt, like healthy good quality Greek yogurt and chia seeds. So starting the morning with, I guess, chia seed puddings, those kind of things, before you have your coffee helps to sustain that good microbiome because if you're having a coffee before you're doing anything in the day, you're already draining yourself of those microbiome. So there's a fun fact for you. There is a fun fact and makes sense, eh? Yeah. And so I suppose it's an adv- like it's good to advocate for fibre for breakfast too, which I might talk about in the smoothie episode a little bit more later. But sorry, right, one more thing as well. I, so I found a really cool study um, looking at humans, so we're not mice, and <clears throat> they were looking at how different their microbiomes are as a whole, and they found that there's a cohort of people that can extract more energy from food. So Actually, like, utilise it. Correct. And so, so for example, if you're one of those people and we both eat an apple, you'll absorb more calories from that food than I would. Okay. And again, they don't... Same going for like protein absorption and stuff? Nailed it. And here's here's something for you. Sorry, you go. Yeah, I heard this the other day. We were talking about it and corn, it was really topical because someone thought if you eat like corn, it's like this amount of calories per serve, whatever, whatever. And then someone else was like, well, no, like... What about how it comes out of your body as well? Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was very conversational. It was quite interesting. And very true as well. If you don't chew your corn, it, just, it, it often comes out the way it went in. <laughs> so anyway, with, so they found that some people absorb food, absorb more energy from food than others. And they found that these people um, tend to be more overweight than the other. Oh, okay. And so my theory is bodybuilders, right? Mm-hmm. They eat a lot of food. But I would assume the best bodybuilders that can add weight fast have these microbiomes that can absorb more from the food that they're taking in. And that's sort of where my mind went when I read this study, which is a very strange place to go. Now, I'm thinking, is your microbiome linked with your metabolism? Yes, I was, I, we, we think most definitely because it's, it, it's connected to everything and everything is integrated. We know there's this beautiful connection between your gut and your brain. The bugs in your stomach can dictate your mood. There was one, and there was another study that I read where they simply gave people who were in a depressive state a probiotic. Don't know what the probiotic was. I don't know the procedure of the study, but they took it and 76% of these people 
saw an improvement of their depressive state purely by taking a probiotic. And so if we can assume that our microbiome can affect our mood and our thoughts, we can assume that it will definitely have an effect on your metabolism as well, for sure. Interesting. Fascinating world. Very cool. It's so so cool, but it kind of sucks that we can't, like, get to the bottom of it that much. Yeah. Like, you can't really dig that deep and figure out your own without... Doing lots and lots yeah. of research. That, that's very true. But, yeah. the, but the research is, is coming in thick it's and fast. It's getting there. Come on. Yes. And if Speed it, it up, researchers. That's right. Come on, scientists. <laughs> Mate, on fire today. <laughs> uh, challenge check-in. We are in week four of the challenge. So on behalf of the team of Body Science, congratulations to all those who have made it to week four. Give yourself a round of applause. Give yourself a pat on the back. Now, this is a really fun week because in the program of the six-week challenge, it changes quite dramatically. If you're doing the advanced portion of the advanced program, you're actually moving into a lower, uh, upper lower split from a whole body split, and that means your your movement frequency is going to increase and your overall volume is going to increase too. If you're on the beginner plan, your volume increases quite dramatically. And so, I think if I recall in there, there's uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, Back squat sets it sets a fifty. You're waiting for these back squats to come. I'm in telling you, I think there's some magic to I'm it. I'm dreading these back squats. They're awesome, right? Because whenever I do a high set, a high volume set of back squats, I always lift more weight than I think I can. If you push yourself to that level, with high volume, yeah, okay, like a like a large. How many reps are you talking about? Like, so I, 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 my coach has often frequently done cycles of tw- set to 20 squats with the yep. intention of trying to get as much weight as we can for 20 squats. So yep. we, we slowly build up. And so I start the sets and I'm like, oh, that's tough. But when I go for that penultimate max set of 20 squats, I can always push out more than I think. So if, for example, I, I, in my mind, like oh, I can't, I can't uh, 80 kilos is my max. I can't do any more than that. There's a, there's a mentality that you get that when you hit rep 15 that you go, all right, let's just get to the end. And all of a sudden that 80 comes to 90, then comes to 100. So I think there's more of a, a mental battle there. And all our challenges are just about, about to sort of <laughs> go Figure that, that out. For sure. As you're so saying many that, reps of 15 in this. Yeah. I'm scrolling it right now and I'm just like, oh, no, this is going to hurt. And so this is a great example of novelty, right? So for the past six weeks we've been doing lower reps, longer rest, higher weight, yep. very neurological, right? And now we're shifting into this more metabolic rep range. Yep, very same, same, and then mix it up. Bam, just like that. No, you won't know what you, yeah. And your like body, your body's going to love it though. That's the thing. We've set you up for a really good time to do this now. So I'm really excited, today. I'm nervous. When we're speaking about multiple reps, I've figured out that I'm, I think I'm really bad at counting my reps at the gym, like internally, like skipping numbers and stuff like i remember we did a push-up challenge once we had to send videos in and it was like do 30 push-ups and i was off by like three <laughs> and where, like where did and you i lose always them? i don't i feel like is there, I, is there always a number that you miss no i do you know how to count i do know how to count but i can count all the numbers actually but i always feel like i'm like if i do bicep curls i always start with my right and then i'll count to tw- i'll go to 12 and i'll go I was, <laughs> and then I'm like, I feel like I just zone into it. I forget to count, and I'm like, probably setting up myself up for failure. And then you end up just making up a number. Yeah, a 44. Now, look, got it. Let's move on. Done. <laughs> we've, we've all been there. 
All right, let's jump into some questions. All right, here we go. All right. I've heard you speak of inflammation, muscle soreness and recovery on the show. Could you please explain this in more detail and what are your best recovery tips? This is very fitting because I feel like people in the six-week challenge would probably be peaking at this possible muscle soreness yeah, and fatigue sure. area. Oh, tell me about it. After this week of training, you're going to be a bit tight and you might be a little bit sore just because of the change in program. But I think what we've got to understand here, so specifically inflammation, muscle soreness and recovery – Inflammation is an immune response, and it happens. So, an acute an, an acute example of an immune response is if you cut your leg, it swells up, mm-hmm. all right, and then all of a sudden the blood stops and it starts to heal. That inflammation is an acute uh, an acute response. When we talk about the muscle damage that we that we um, have in the gym, it also is acute. It's also systemic, depending on what muscles that you're using. But we don't just want to quell inflammation. We need inflammation for the body to change. It's a part of the adaptation process. And when we're talking about recovery, we're not talking about eliminating inflammation altogether. We're talking about eliminating it at certain times of the day when it behooves us (laughs) to eliminate the inflammation. (coughs) And so a really hot... um, uh, Sorry, there's a bit of irony in my head. There's a a really hot topic at the moment is cold plunges. Yes, that is very... And um, we, we talked about with, that with Mark on the episode as well. And I'm a big fan of cold plunges at the right time. And so there's sort of two, uh, two camps at the moment. One camp is cold plunges are the best things in the world, which I, I, I lean towards that. I think there's some great benefit to them. But there's another camp that says don't do cold plunges because it eliminates inflammation and you need inflammation to grow muscle and to recover. Yeah. And just like everything within this fitness industry, there's... The, the pendulum should usually be in the middle. It's not, don't do this, do this. It's do this with caveats, yeah. right? And so there's some things I want to touch on here when it comes to recovery that do modulate inflammation but do require a bit of nuance. And so the nuance I'm going to save for a Coach's Corner episode. Okay. So if you want to go deeper into these topics that I'm about to go through, have a listen to the Coach's Corner episode. We'll go for about 15 minutes and we'll go through these recovery tips in a little bit more detail. But my, my, my favourite recovery hacks, mm-hmm. quote-unquote hacks, uh, number one is sleep. Surprise. Shock. No, number two is movement, a... Um, a a mentor of mine years ago once said, hey, Bart, motion is lotion. When previously I thought if I had to grow muscle, I'd do all my stuff in the gym and i lay there and wait myself and wait to recover. But <clears throat> I could speed up recovery with a bit of movement, so a bit of light movement, which is why I program in aerobic work into the, um, the six-week challenge program because it tricks the member, it tricks you because you think you're doing cardio to burn calories, but really it's just speeding up your recovery in between your weight sessions. Gotcha. Great. <laughs> the third one is nutrition. Um, we can't we can't recover fully with without adequate nutrition. And there's a couple of caveats here. One is total amount of, of calories. If we're lifting heavy in the gym, we can't recover fully from that session unless we give our body the resources, particularly protein. All yep. right? uh, and the second thing is deficiency. If we're deficient in a, a mineral, a vitamin, a macronutrient or calories overall, we're not going to be recovering uh, as well as we could be. So that's where, the, again, the basics come to mind. Make sure you're getting enough protein. Make sure you're eating enough calories. Make sure you're eating a diverse diet to make sure we're getting enough vitamins and minerals. Uh, and make sure we're doing that consistently. All right. Um, number four is hydration. Sorry, do you have something to do? No, no, no. Okay, cool. Number five is hydration. All right. 
And this is another thing that people sort of um, skip over. In fact, I had a chat with my father-in-law the other day, and he said that his doctor says, you are fit as a fiddle, 70-something-year-old, um, which, is, which is awesome, leads an incredible lifestyle, but you don't drink enough water. And then he told me that all he, all he drank during the day was tea. So he'd like for three or four cups of tea and, and, and that's it. But there's a, there's a whole other story with tea. But he wasn't drinking enough water. Now he's feeling incredible. He's simply drinking a bit more water in your day. And keep in mind that most of the, most of the stuff within our muscles, stuff is a very scientific word, is water. And so if we're not hydrating enough for our, our workouts, we're not hydrating enough for recovery, our muscles potentially couldn't look as good uh, as they could and they're probably not performing as well as they could either. No. My other question to that part, yes. what about hydrolytes? Like if you're not having enough water, is a hydrolyte a good enough supplement for that? So th- I like to think of electrolytes like this, So, when we, yeah, but in hydrolytes, same deal. And when we're talking about electrolytes, we're talking about sodium, potassium, magnesium, or one that I'm missing, but I think those are the main three. Um, I like to think of them as the things that pull water into your body. So if you if you don't have the minerals within your body, water is going to go in. You might absorb a little bit, but most of it's going to go out. And particularly if you're very active, if you're a heavy sweater like I am, we need sodium, we need potassium to bring that water in. So if the situation is I'm dehydrated, um, I'm just going to drink one glass of water with some hydrolyte in it. It might help you a little bit, but you still need to hit your water throughout your day, if you know what I mean. So I've actually just recently started taking a uh, an electrolyte. It's got like a gram of salt in there. Like it's, it's quite a bit. It's really high, but it's it's certainly helping me come down after a workout, if, if that makes sense. So minerals are important. Yeah. And like football players and stuff always have pickle juice at the ready and – you know, when they're getting drained out. And I remember you giving me salt one time after a workout when I was livid on the floor. Yeah, that was, that was great. It was we were testing the J-Series Hero workout and uh, Jacob just went in, no warm-up. <laughs> I've got a funny story about inflammation, actually. Um, it was actually on my 18th birthday and I was just got into, like, uni, working out a lot. And it was, like, my 18th birthday and my parents came up and visited and I was just, like... One, I've put a shirt on and like my chest was a lot bigger that day. And I was like, God, geez, I'm really seeing results. Like I could barely fit in this, this shirt because my chest was like so big. I was like, God, I'm getting some crazy results right now. Went to the shops, did whatever with my day. I was like, my chest had like doubled in size. And I'm like, just what the, what the heck's going on? Like I'm seeing some gains. Like this is crazy. And then it starts getting later and later in the day. And like my chest is like fully like inflamed. And then it all starts going into like the middle of my chest. <laughs> what? And I've got this like weird like culmination of whatever in my on my chest. And then my parents like leave. And I'm like, sweet, see you later. And they drive, they go drive home. And I, I wait about another hour. They get an hour down the road. I call mum. Mum's a nurse. I'm like, <laughs> Mum, I think something's wrong with my chest. I had like the most inflamed chest, like my chest was like out here right. and just like puffy as. Went to the doctors at the wait. Spent my 18th birthday at the hospital in the, like the late night thing. They 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 come in, the doctor goes, yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> and it like, and then the next day or like a couple of days after just went back to nothing. And I was like, I don't know. Because I was doing a lot of like just getting into the gym and I was like, geez, seeing some crazy gains here. And then during the day, it was like, it was good. Like, it was like my chest had like doubled in size. 
And then it just all culminated in the middle. And I was like, what the, am I That's dying? Terri- that is terrifying. It was weird. So that was my 18th birthday. What, what, what was it? Like, what happened? He goes, I don't know. I've never did seen he, anything like did this in my away? life. Yeah, it went away after a few days, but it was just like this big puffy like culmination of like fat or whatever it was. And I just never found out the end of it, but it was weird. That's concerning. <laughs> it <was> concerning. <laughs> it's a bit of a worry. Yeah. That, that, that feeling of, oh, yeah, I must be really good at I was gym. like, I tried, no, I put a shirt on the day. I was like, Jesus, look at me. <laughs> that's, that's the best. And then it just slowly just died down into concern. Your body's a wonder. <laughs> just with that clicking knee. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, mate, that's incredible. Where was I? <laughs> Derailed once again, Jacob Kettle. Like the Ohio train. True to form. <laughs> um, talked about hydration, stretching and mobilising. This didn't become really important to me until I hit 30. It went, when I was on, as soon as I hit 30, my body just went, all right, this is what a niggle feels like. This is what tightness feels like. But we, we've talked about this many times before. And when it comes to recovery, if you can, uh, if you can reach levels of um uh if you, if you can put your body in better positions it's going to be it's going to provide better blood flow it's going to be able to transport nutrients better and the stretching in particular and this is a thing that a lot of people don't know stretching doesn't actually do much to the muscle stretching is all about the nervous system so if you've got a tight quad and you do a quad stretch a standing quad stretch all you're doing is telling the nervous system that this position is safe and just chill out bro and that's where the, rel- the relaxation comes into it. So in a situation where someone is overstressed, this is why stretching can bring them down, bring them back into that parasympathetic state, even though they didn't really actually do anything. They're just telling their nervous system to relax. Okay. And so for recovery, that's really important. And just a couple of last quick ones. Breathing and meditation. Breathing has been shown to lower anxiety, lower cortisol in the body, and thus could lower blood sugar and bring you back down to that recovery state. And remember, we need to be in that recovery state to recover. Funnily enough, we're trying to modulate stress. We'll talk about this in the Coach's Corner episode. And then touch on contrast therapy, which is the hot topic at the moment, cold plunges and hot pools. So those, those are my, my sort of one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven go-to um, hacks. A uh, special mention to massage. Massages are really, really good for recovery too, but the application of it is tough unless you have a partner that's like a, a masseuse or a, or a physical therapist or whatever. What about the massage guns? Yeah, not bad. Like they, they do a similar thing to what stretching does or foam rolling does. It just yep. tells that localized, um, that localized part of your body just, just to chill out a bit. So it, it can help, but I think it's not addressing the root cause of why that muscle is sore or why that muscle is tight. Yeah. Um, a good shout foam rolling also has a place uh, as i mentioned it, it can help relax a certain spot whichever whichever spot you roll but doesn't really address the root cause cryo um you may have seen before you step into the chamber there's a lot of what looks like sort of dry ice it's really cold i've done it before but you can get just the same amount of benefits from a cold bath arguably more <coughs> so and it's a lot cheaper as well yeah if you've got access to cryo then you may as well but that's I'll, right. I have, I'm yet to try. Yeah, it's it, it's it's an interesting experience because it lasts three minutes. You go in there, the and the person says, "Hey, this is cryo. Take off all your clothes, and put some gloves on, put some stuff on your feet, so your fingertips don't freeze off." You step into the chamber, they close the door. They're on like an intercom to to make sure you're not in there alone. And then all of a sudden, it fills with with a gas with with fog, and you can't see anything. Oh my god, so that sounds traumatic. Yeah, it does. And then there's a, there's a really loud noise as well. 
And so the, the um, really good if you're claustrophobic. No, yeah. I would not do well in that situation. Is it the scariest? Is it the hardest three minutes of your life? Uh, it's not the or hard, is it, the, How much harder is it than an ice like cold plunge? I think cold plunge is harder. Oh, okay. Because there's something about the water and actually making contact with your skin. It's a difference between water temperature and air temperature. There's 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 a difference there. But like the last minute, like so you're in there for three minutes. So you can choose. You can choose one minute, two minutes, or three minutes usually. And I said. Stuff it. Let's, let's go, it let's out, go for three minutes. And I think you can choose the temperature as well. I said max out the temperature too. And the last minute's tough and, you, and, and you're shaking because you can't escape it. But I think sitting in a cold bath for, for three, a, a decent cold bath for three minutes is worse. Because yeah. you, you're worse but more beneficial. <laughs> is it because you're you're the one like stepping into the bath? Like it's your choice it's almost? Your choice. Whereas... You're stuck in that cryo anyway. Yeah, I think I, I you think know half the battle is actually like getting in yourself, kind of thing. Yeah, getting in for the first. In time. fact, Wim, Wim Hof talks about that a bit. Everyone should know Wim Hof by now. The the Ice Man. So he 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 encourages people to have cold showers every morning, and part of the reason why isn't because of the physical physiological benefits. It's because there's no one else in that shower. That's a you, usually. That's <laughs> you. <laughs> That's you deciding to do a really tough thing first thing in the morning, and psychologically that sets you up for your day. So I definitely, think that's yeah. A lot of people say like, even if it doesn't help, they go, "Well, it's the hardest thing in my mo- of my morning. So if I can do that, the rest of the day is a lot easier." Which makes a lot of sense, eh? yeah. And plus, there's a lot of benefits to it as well, which we'll go through in the Coach's Corner episode. And then just to touch on as well, there's all these like recovery supplements out there, um, like amino acid supplements. And my sort of stance is you don't need an amino acid supplement because amino acid supplement is just broken down protein. So if you need an amino acid supplement, you should just be eating more whole food protein, which is probably going to benefit you better. So um, to answer uh, the question, um, there's a heap of things you can do um, for recovery, active things, but it's the passive things done well that will probably get you um, get you further, such as sleep. Yeah, awesome. All right, question number two. I seem to always get a sharp pain on the front of my shoulder whenever I press overhead. Is there a reason for this? Do you... Um, <laughs> the last bit says, or am I just broken? Oh, you're just broken, bro. <laughs> no, no, no one else You're just broken, that. bro. Another one. You have a clicky shoulder, don't you? I have a clicky shoulder, but it's not, it doesn't hurt. Mm. I feel like everyone has a bad shoulder. There's one that's always better. Or I have, I have multiple friends that's just, oh, no, I, my shoulder's done. You just, they're gone. They're cooked. Yep. And a lot, a lot of shoulder injuries are from like rugby as well. I've seen some some blokes with absolutely messed up shoulders just because that's the shoulder that you know, really, awesome. gets, really gets in there. And so this is something we see a lot in the gym, particularly with um, older ages. And by older ages, sort of 30 plus again. Well, as soon as I hit 30, things started oh. happening. Um, look forward to that team. Um and so what we're dealing with here is um, a, a number of things. And the, the, best, the best scope of practice is because we can't see you, um, we probably can't give the best advice. So always go see a professional, a physio. Um, but often it's the position of the shoulder. And so you'll, it'll often happen in people who have quite rounded shoulders and quite rounded thoracics and they're trying to press from a very poor position. Um, so we can tell that there's an excessive tightness across the front of the body and weakness on the back of the body. Yeah, it's always like happens i feel like with intermediate gym goers you get in you do your chest and your shoulders you get them strong and then you're putting way too much on your shoulders you haven't focused on 
your back as much mm. and it's overcompensating and then you just blow it out by absolutely over pushing nailed it you should be the coach that's mm. incredible and in fact there's some great advice out there a lot of sort of power lifters and strong men say to get a better bench get a stronger back and it makes perfect sense because the back is what holds everything and so what i'm assuming is happening with um with this person here the pain in the front of your shoulder uh, is your ac joint you've probably heard that before so we have to strengthen the back, get you in a better position and learn to stabilise the shoulder better. And so rotate it. You'll see people immediately go to rotator cuff exercises. And there's m- lots of people... That's one of the most incorrectly done Ooh, like, yeah. warm-up exercises. You see people doing these ones with a dumbbell. Yeah, and all they're doing is training their bicep. Yeah, maybe we should do a video on that's some a, that's right a good shout. warm-ups for that. Yeah, we'll follow us on TikTok for that video coming soon. Yep. Um, so ro- uh, ro- the strengthening the rotator, the rotator cuff is part of it but we really want to strengthen the entire structure right so from a trainer's point of view i want to put you in a better position first so we're going to work on your thoracic mobility so your upper back mobility just so we can stick that chest a little bit higher and pop those shoulders back in uh, back into place a bit better and we work on shoulder stability through and um, through rotator cuff stuff and then we just make sure and uh, then we then we pull you know we get a lot get those lats firing get that back firing get that whole posterior chain firing um, and then we start to load the movement again if they're in a better position. So if it's an overhead press, one of my go-tos, now in fact I did this this morning, <coughs> is to make sure I'm in the right position. I do what's called a bottoms-up press with a kettlebell. Mm-hmm. So I want you to patch picture I'm holding a kettlebell, but the bell, the heavy part, is on top of my wrist. So it's above my fist. And then you press from that position. The reason I like this is that you have to be in the perfect position to press the kettlebell. Otherwise, the kettlebell falls on your wrist or, or, or on your back. And so it teaches you a better position for your overhead. The reason I'm doing this at the moment is because I'm having a few shoulder issues. And I think it's because of holding your baby, you know, either cradling it or throwing him up in the air, just doing that more frequently. And so I've been releasing my upper back. I've been doing a lot of thoracic mobility. And I'm reloading that overhead position with the bottoms up press. So that's what I'd recommend for this person too. Mobilize, strengthen the back, then work on your technique to put you in a better position. And often that, that fixes it. There, there are exceptions to the yeah, rule, of course, but generally that's sort of the way I'd go about it. Cool. Cool. All right, last question for the day. All right. What are the best foods to have before a workout? Do you, are, you, are you guys, do you like to eat before your workout? What, what are your thoughts? No. Not really. Mm. Depends what type time of day. I'm I'm generally a afternoon trainer, so mm. I won't. I'll just have like lunch and yep. then train. But if it's a weekend or I'm training, say nine or ten, mm. then I'll have something light. But don't generally like to eat that much. Mm. Yeah, I train at like five in the morning, six in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I'll just have some water, mm-hmm. hydrate a little bit beforehand, and you go. go for it. Which is fair, and a lot of people are in that boat too. The um, you know, the gold standard is eat eat a meal that has protein, carbohydrates, and fats. You know, a pretty uh, a decent portion of protein, hundred and twenty to ninety minutes before your workout to reap the best from those benefits. But we know, uh, in in reality, it doesn't sort of set up that way for most people. Yeah, and I feel like it depends. Like, there's definitely been some like mornings or things where you're like i need to eat otherwise i'll get to the gym and i'll pass out correct because you'll feel you'll feel it generally i can before the gym i'm like i don't need to eat i'm mm. good to go as it is but those there's those days where you're like i don't know 
face plant if I don't need anything. For sure. Mm-hmm. And for the people that, that do train in the morning, my, my, my rule of thumb is if you're having an absolute red line, bust your ass workout, that's glycolytic in terms of its energy system, try and get something in beforehand because you're going to be trying to pull glucose and glycogen from your muscles which may be depleted so you might not be able to perform as, as well as you could in that sort of workout but if you're doing just like a really light aerobic jog we're using oxygen and fat primarily as a fuel as long as the intensity isn't too high or you're lifting weights pretty heavily you don't necessarily have to eat right as long as we make sure we're eating enough after the fact so if it's me i'm i'm not the normal person I'll You're not lifting heavy weights. Yeah, I don't lift weights at all. I wake up early. I wake up at four thirty, and I have a smoothie. Funnily enough, because it's, it's a liquid, I can digest it fast, and then I'm good to go for my six a.m. workout. And that that seems yep. to work for me. I get some fuel in, pretty high in carbohydrates, and hopefully that. Well, I know it, it helps me in in the training session. But if I have a, a session where I'm just benching and deadlifting five by five long rests, I don't necessarily have to eat to. Uh, to have a high performance in that workout and so i suppose the roundabout answer to this question is um it depends it depends on your lifestyle when you train what you're training but the ideal again is to have a pretty decent meal an hour and a half two hours before your workout to use that energy and facilitate the recovery process give it a try mix it up a bit one day go without one day see if it's working better if you yeah for sure that's right in fact trial and error is half this half this fitness game right yeah you can you can go by the studies and try and do everything to everything uh, everything to a t to what they say but the fact is that's not reality mm. reality is not controlled reality reality isn't testing stuff on mice there's joke. some people that just like you know those people that eat one meal a day at like 11 p.m and that's them good yeah. for the next 24 hours and they're like huge what? and you're like I eat six pizzas and burgers every day and they're just like huge. And you're like, if it works for you. Good on you. Yep. Trial and error. See how you go. That's it. All right. That's a wrap. All right, team. There was a lot lot to unpack in that episode. Lots to unpack. I learned about microbiomes. Yeah. I learned about trains derailing. Yes, you did. um, Me derailing most conversations. Egg boy. Egg boy. Get your eggs in. Fix that microbiome. (laughs) Fix your shoulder, I reckon. That's it. And team, if you want more of this quality content, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Super important that you do. We have so much stuff that we want to give you, but we can only do it if you guys are following us. So follow us uh, on all of the, the podcast things. Follow us on TikTok, Jets Australia, Instagram, Jets Australia. Anything from you, Mick? No, that's all from me. Beautiful, Jacob. Anything from you? No, guys, just keep being your personal best. Oh, yeah. We'll see you in the next one. See you later. Peace.